everybody. This is Terror and Tacos, and I'm Christy. I'm Michael. And today is super, super special Woo. because we have our very first guest, um, Paul <laughs> Taylor, who plays Pinhead. Oh, oh my God. my God. We're super, super excited. Hi, Paul. Hi. Hi, Christy. Hi. <laughs> um, but first, before we get into talking about Hellraiser, we do have to talk about the tacos, tacos we're eating. that we are eating. It's, it's terror and tacos. And tacos. Yum. Um, so today we thought that it was appropriate that since we were talking about Hellraiser, Hellraiser. <laughs> that we would get some tacos from Torchies. Yes. Um, <laughs> Famous taco place started in Austin, Texas. Yeah, right. Was yeah. it a truck? It was a truck. And uh -huh. when I lived down there, you would we would one of that was one of the few things we would set our alarm clocks for in the Fantastic. morning was to wake up and go to Torchies and wait in line. And so. now they're everywhere. And, and I'm noticing their label says "damn good." Yes, they are so damn that. good. Are they so damn just, good? Just Paul? so you know, Paul, we yes. do swear on this show, so feel free oh, to Jesus. say a fucking fuck, <laughs> Jesus, cocksucker, <laughs> motherfucker, shit, bullshit, cunt, anything oh. you want. Uh, so. What, what kind of taco are you having, Mike? I had, uh, which is one of their special ones, called the uh, Tipsy Chick, which is like chicken and corn and all deliciousness. And Ooh, it was yum. Really good. Uh, what are you having? I'm having a chicken fajita and a beef fajita. Yum. That has Classic. veggies in it. Mm. Classic. Cheese, of course. Yum. I am having a Crossroads. It's one of my favorites, and it is beef brisket with cheese <laughs> and... Um, other deliciousness in there on a flour tortilla, which I usually don't do, but their flour tortillas are really super good. good. Their so queso good. is also really uh -huh. good. Their queso is really, really, really good. Paul, did you grow up here? I did not. I grew up in Hutchinson, Kansas. Oh, okay. Was, oh, there, wow. a, was there a taco scene in Hutchinson, Kansas? There was Taco Bell and Taco Hut. Hey, all right. All right. Yeah, no, <laughs> I that's grew up fine. with Bueno. That's far fine. As, I, yeah. as far as the real deal, I had no idea where that neighborhood was. Okay. Yeah. Right. Was so, like, okay. So, just brief question. Last week, we did uh, uh, formative experiences, mm -hmm. and so we also did formative taco experience. Do you remember... The first time you had a taco, or one of or the like first the times first that you, legit taco. Yeah, that you were like, "Oh, tacos are." I I remember the first legit taco I had. I was in college. I mean, it took that long, and mm -hmm. I was um, <laughs> seeing someone uh -huh. <laughs> lived uh, very far away, and I didn't have a car, so I walked. Uh, I walked to Mexican Town, basically. Wow! wow. And um, and uh, we stayed in this person's house, and uh, there was a taco stand across the street mm -hmm. and we went and got tacos and I could not believe there were vegetables in tacos there were, <laughs> there were peas in the tacos right. and the meat was just so crumbly and delicious and it was like this That's is a taco <laughs> it was it was the best taco I'd ever had in I life. believe it yeah. I believe it that is um, awesome yeah. Cool. So was the sex, by the way. <laughs> that was, some, that was the best sex I had up till then. Uh, maybe we should start a fuck. show called Sex, sex and, and Tacos? Yeah, I think that's That's great. not super we fun. Um, a lot. <laughs> we that's should, incredible. We should probably, for full disclosure, let people know, those of us, those of who listen who don't, that you and I, Christy and I, know Paul. Mm -hmm. We are lucky enough to know Paul in real life. Oh, yeah. um, Which is why we like to hear about his sex life. <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Everyone does. Which is also why the, when I heard that you were cast as Pinhead, I just about lost my freaking mind. Me too. Also because I know that you are also a big horror fan. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Always so, was. So can I ask the first question? Go for it. Yeah. So, so when your agent called you mm -hmm. and said, hey, we, they want you, we want to send you in for... 
Did they tell you they were sending you in for Pinhead? No. Or, so no. how did that happen? Tell us how that happened. I first got the, an audition notice to read for the auditor. Okay. And this was uh, in a group email because that's the way my agent sends things out. And my you team. see what everyone's auditioning for and you get mm-hmm. all the sides, which I think is great because then you can read other people's sides and go, okay, this helps. Mm-hmm. Um, so I read the part and I thought, I am perfect for this. This is like a middle management weirdo <laughs> super creepy. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can nail this. <laughs> and then... I'm working on that, and I five ten minutes later, I get a personal email just sent to me wow. from the casting director saying we would also like to put Paul. Um, it, oh, and I forgot to add one of the first lines that the auditor re- has. The is auditor about, is another Cenobite, right? Well, he's from or, another faction. from another faction another yes. that's faction. been created for Hellraiser Judgment specifically. It's yes. this new faction that Gary J. Tunnicliffe, the writer and director, and who ended up playing the auditor. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, he created okay. all that. But one of his first lines is, "We have such sights to show you." And I read, I read his side, and I'm like, they were keeping it a secret that it was a Hellraiser movie. It was just called Judgment, and I'm like. This is a Hellraiser movie. Oh my God, I want this so much. Because I don't get to audition for big horror movies that often in right. Dallas, Texas. So then I was really excited. Then I get the personal email saying, we also want to put Paul on tape for, for Pinhead. Doug Bradley will not be returning and we're looking for a new Pinhead. And my my first reaction was, oh, there is no fucking way I'm going <laughs> to get to play Pinhead. <laughs> and then I looked at my board that I had put together because I'd gotten... Uh, I'd gotten a, a therapist about six months before. <laughs> I knew I was crazy because I'd fallen in love. With, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I knew that I needed help. I yeah, needed yeah, help. yeah. So he had me on this whole no negative self-talk, get rid of it. You have dreams. Put them up there so you can read them and see them. And I would be on my elliptical just reading those and chant, sort of, you know, basically chanting and praying to the universe yeah. to bring me what I wanted and what I knew I deserved. So that, after five minutes of saying, there's no way I'm going to get this part, I looked at that and I'm like, Wait, this is exactly what you asked the universe for. And it delivered. So yeah. then I decided to make it the best film audition I'd ever done in my life. That's and I got the part. That is awesome. It's That's magic. Okay. Yeah. It's magic. It is magic. It, and uh, truly. Abs- absolutely. i I go ahead. You were gonna say something. I was gonna say, I, I I don't it it's I really that's awesome to hear because for those of us who audition regularly, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times you just convince yourself there's no way this is going to happen. Yeah. I'll go in and do my thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's self, some self-preservation, right? It, you yeah, try not to get you're, too you're wrapped just, up or excited. Because you know there's always rejection. Yes. There's like, right. no, don't want to get too invested. So mm-hmm. I guess then jumping from there, when you found out, how was it? Did you have to go in multiple times? No. One time? Chris, oh, my God. That's... You I bas- know. You bastard. Chris, Chris Freyhofer came to... It shot in Oklahoma City. You know, yes. Chris Freyhofer is king of casting. And um, he comes... He came down in Dallas and he put me on tape. One audition. <clears throat> he sent the tape to Gary in L.A. Uh, Gary was like, oh, my God, this guy's gonna... He, he nailed it. He's got a Peter Cushing quality. Oh, yeah. That's yes. a compliment. And and he's gonna look somewhat like Doug Bradley in the makeup. Okay, mm-hmm. this is my first choice. So I was so I was his first choice. Then it had to go through the you know sure, sure. The channels whole, and whatnot. The channels. Yeah. And the last person was our favorite Bob Weinstein. Uh-huh. Oh, you know, wow. we know about, we know about the Weinstein's yeah. now because wow. it's a dimension. So it's dimension. Yeah. And Bob Weinstein was at Cannes Film Festival, and apparently he couldn't get his 
his phone to play my, my audition or whatever. So I had to wait. Whilst in France. No, like, yeah, yeah. 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 So it took a while to hear back, but all I knew was I was director's first choice. I was a studio's first choice. I was the executive's first choice. I was blah, blah, blah. So you're just waiting choice. on this one. Just waiting on Bob Weinstein. Fucking Weinstein. <laughs> yeah, Bob mm-hmm. fucking Weinstein. Um, so I'm, so I was, I was the guy and I, I was, one Sunday morning, you got the call. So this is when I you got, got the call. I actually got a text from mm-hmm. Chris because we're friends. So he doesn't necessarily always just go direct through my agent. Sure, and it takes right. another day. Right, because he knew how excited I was. He of was ex- thrilled about it, of course. So he texts me. He goes because it was nine in the morning. He's like. Are you awake? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I said yes. He goes, "Welcome to the movie, Pinhead." Oh my god! Oh, Paul. So, were, was, and so, like, were you in bed when you no, got the text? No, I was in my just, robe. You were in your robe. hanging out. I was what in the dining room having my coffee. Did or maybe you dance I even, or did you? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I just sure. danced for danced and danced and danced and screamed and, and kept it. I had to keep it a secret. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't tell anybody that it was a Hellraiser film. Oh, so God. that was another thing. I had to keep it to myself. myself. That's wow. Which there's something fun about that at one, but, uh-huh. but at the same time, man, you want to let the people with no. who are going to be happy for you know. No. Sure, so right. many poison energies out there who are going to take it and fuck it up. That, that you know, the mm-hmm. good news. Oh yeah, but but you want to let the people you love know. But I just, I well, I let my family. Know. Of, right, course. of course, let my mom. Know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mom, this is huge. And yeah. did your did she your mom no have an idea of who Pinhead was? Oh no! <laughs> so when you said, scary. "Mom, I fucking got Pinhead," was she like, "Oh, I'm so proud of you?" Oh mom. no, she had no idea. <laughs> she knew she. I talked about the part, so uh-huh. she was very happy. Happy, for me. got it. Yeah. But sure. you could tell from her voice that she just didn't really know that it was the, iconic, the iconic, and yeah. a cult thing. And um, Curtis, I mean Kurt. Rhodes. Yes. You guys know him? I, I mean, know yeah. Kurt. I knew him from years ago when I did the Rocky Horror uh-huh. Show. At Kurt's New, also at New a Arts huge Theater. horror fan. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. He played Frankenfurter at New Arts Theater. <laughs> I was in the chorus. I'd just moved to Dallas wow. in the mid-80s. And um, I was getting my insurance, I mean my equity weeks. Yeah, and, man. Uh, and he, and he, you know, he's been out of Dallas for years. Living years. in New York, working yeah. and working and coming back to work theater center once in a while and he's fantastic and he texts me one day he just goes congratulations on your instant cult status <laughs> oh my god and that it's, kind of it's, blew it's my so mind. true though because... yeah. it's true so like mm-hmm. when did that okay okay I have so many questions uh-huh. because I remember finding out and, and it's, it and might also, be the most excited I've ever been for, for another friend. actor thank yeah. you because thank you know a lot of times like you're like oh great you got it awesome I'm so happy for you motherfucker uh, right. But like I heard that I'm <laughs> sure from some like, people. I'm I was sure so did. excited, you know. And also, we had even talked. We were both like, I think we had similar reactions. It was like, oh my god, that's so amazing for Paul. Also, perfect, perfect, like absolutely Isn't perfect. It crazy? No, it's crazy you know, I mean, and it's, perfect. It's crazy. It's you know, it's the way good things should be, which is shocking and inevitable. You know, and it was <laughs> the, for you because I know how much you also love horror. Mm-hmm. It was shocking. But also inevitable. Yeah, you know, it makes and that's sense. how that's how all stories yeah. should be. I think. You yes. Know? Yeah. So okay. So how was it? How I mean, how was it putting on the makeup? And yeah. Playing like one of the most iconic, iconic horror, yeah. horror characters in in American world horrordom. <laughs> it was a magnificent super butcher. <laughs> yeah. which is what I read. Yeah. yeah. That's a great quote. It was. Uh, it was surreal. 
um, sitting in the trailer getting my makeup applied by you know these Hollywood professionals who I mean I walk into the trailer and three makeups have been made for me because I only have three days of shooting uh-huh. from the head cast that they did in LA of me and I'm you know the director's coming in and out and he's in his makeup for the auditor already because he would get there early the days of the yeah. shooting and he get his makeup done so that he could shoot all day in his auditor makeup which oh is really god funny. how you do it yeah <laughs> and uh it w- I, I don't see well, and so I had my glasses on, so I can't really see the mirror. Right. But, you know, I know what Pinhead looks like. Sure. Right. But I didn't know what I was going to look like, like as yeah. Pinhead, and they did change the makeup a bit, made the grooves deeper, made the pins longer and silver mm-hmm. instead of gold, and made me look grittier than a lot of the other Pinhead makeups have, right. have been over the years. They've been very clean, sort of. And that Gary wanted the gritty. Because he's been on the makeup team since... The third Hellraiser film. Oh wow! He grew okay. up in England, and he he loved right. Fangoria magazine when he when he was introduced to it. He was like, "Oh my god!" Every Fangoria magazine he had, and and he wanted to do that. And it was when he saw Hellraiser, he was like, "Who did that? Right. I want to do, do that. that." And he yeah. moved to LA, and he by and he had not been there very long, and he met Clyde Barker or whoever, and he got in with the third Hellraiser oh, film, there. and so he's done makeup. And or effects and been in charge of it or been on the mm-hmm. team since the third movie. This was the tenth one. The only one he didn't get to work on was the ninth one. He should have directed it, but he was doing Scream, also a Weinstein property. Oh, yes, yeah. Yes. And they wouldn't let Scream him out of the contract. Oh, yeah. too. It's great. So it How was, long are you so in the chair? I was in good hands. Two hours. Two hours. That's yeah. not that's bad. They got it down to a science over the years. You yeah, know? I mean, I guess the first time for the first Hellraiser, they didn't it know what they were doing forever. Yeah. Forever. yeah, probably five hours, maybe right. more. Because they were, I think they might have done the in, individual squares or so. I don't know what they what were they were doing. doing. But, oh, crazy! But yeah, this was two big pieces and the lower lip, and that's uh-huh. it. That's it. And everything is covered except your eyes and your ears. So it was pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I imagine, like, the first Hellraiser is 1987. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that that decade is kind of like the, uh, was on the forefront of, like, new appliances and Mm -hmm. that kind of makeup that was movable and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But over, I mean, it's been 30 years, man. So, like, technology has advanced and makeup has gotten better. So now they can just do it. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's know? really and he, impressive. And he also, Mike Miasmer was the guy who applied the makeup. Of course, Gary had set the record for fastest makeup <laughs> on Doug. And um, <clears throat> and so Mike, they, every I guess every time they do one of these, they try to go for a record to, to beat. To yeah, beat sure. But he didn't beat it. But he would come in and he would hit the timer and then just start gluing. Just start see how fast I, like, I can do it. Just don't make it look like I've had a stroke, okay? Right. <laughs> so, so Doug has come up quite a bit, Doug uh-huh. Bradley, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you feel like? Did you feel like you had to honor his take? Did you come in saying I'm gonna I'm gonna do my own thing, or, or well, how did you deal with that? After, stepping into such an iconic role, I felt that I had to honor him to a certain extent. Sure. Like I mean. I had to have a British accent, for right. example. I mean, you come on. Yeah, you have to. Also, but, that role but I just love, like is I way also cooler. I just love doing a British yeah. accent. Yeah, right, so, right. Um, it was. It, I had a conversation with Gary when I went out to LA to get my head cast done. So we kind of discussed all of that from the beginning. It was like, yes, you, you know, these are the qualities I see in you, Paul. Um, you, you, you already brought your own thing. With with a lot of Doug Bradley's performance to your audition, so we agreed that for a while, you know, I could look at the history of the other movies. Yeah, yeah, and I, I got 
I just started watching them religiously, specifically his scenes. And then after a week and a half or two weeks of doing that, Mm -hmm. Gary said, I suggest that you stop watching those now and just start, if you're going to watch movies for research, just start watching iconic horror villains right. like Anthony Hopkins in Silence right. of the Lambs. Yeah. Very right. still, yes. threatening right. presences. Or like Ray Fiennes in um, Schindler's List, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Or anything Peter Cushing. And I was like, yeah, I'll do that. And um, so so I could go... Oh, and also, when I was out in LA the first time, he showed me this scene from Star Wars. And it was... Um, is it Grand Moff Tarkin? Yeah. Is that Peter Cushing? Yes. The scene yeah. where he's where he's telling Princess Leia that she has to choose between is it planets? He's yes. going to explode. Yes. And one of them one is like, yeah. one of them is hers. Her if, mom, yeah, yeah, if they don't give him the information, if she doesn't give him the information she wants, so she, I think she goes ahead and gives him the information, and then he but still, then he still destroys the planet. She yeah. goes, right. no, yeah, and he just very simply says, "You're far too trusting." Yeah. <laughs> and Gary, I, he says that line, and Gary goes, "There you are. There's your pinhead." Yeah. And I'm like. Okay, that's so awesome. All through this, all through the, and then I went on to. I'll go. I get into my other, you know, what I did to prepare for it. But that was basically our shorthand on set for reducing it down, making it simple, simple and small. And, and he would just like he just come and go, throw it away, just throw it away. And I would just say, throw it away. You're far too trusting. Go, Action. <laughs> And it worked every time. That's, it was really great. That's really, really great. Crazy. That's yeah. great. I mean, those are and those are the 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 some of the best performances I'm on film I've ever seen. The ones that are just very, very, very yeah. Still, I mean, and you and mentioned hard. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. yeah, it could be so difficult, especially if you do theater. Yeah, not used to that medium. And there's oddly something. Uh, this is me. I'm going to throw out a bold generalization about an entire <laughs> nation. The Brits <laughs> seem to have that. They you do. You know, a lot of the mm-hmm. Brit actors would, and but villains. But I wonder if it's, if it's yeah. you know, their, uh, hey man, their stiff upper lip. Yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yes. the British stiff upper lip. That's yeah. just kind of like, they're not affected. Yeah. Yeah, and even when, they're, even when they're being hilarious, you're not even sure. Right. Yeah, it's because it's so dry. Yeah. It's so, so dry. dry. Uh, yeah, they're really, really good at it. Uh, <laughs> I guess another, I was going to say, we having seen you uh, we before we you know we're gonna meet with you. Christy and I talked mm-hmm. about like one of the things I have always admired you uh, admired about you as an actor even before we met and worked together. Um, and Christy said something similar: is you have this innate ability, like you can play multiple parts in a show, in one show, and, and be totally totally different. different. Like so, I was wondering, like you are like truly one of the. Few people who can, yeah. Actors I've ever seen. Thank in you, my oh my life. God, thank it's you. True. Coming from you guys, that means a ton. To me. uh, it, well, it's seriously true. It's true. You seriously. know, in the first time, the first time I saw that, and you're gonna laugh because when I cite the show, but I actually really loved it. My son and I saw this show together, and he must have been like 14 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw at. At theater two, mm-hmm. whatever happened to Pixie DaCosta, <laughs> where you did two drag roles. Oh my god! And it was that incredible. Show. Thank you. It was horror. I mean, yes. it was so yes. much fun. Yeah. Plus, I was in over the top drag, and it was and I but with the hairy chest. It was yeah. more gender yeah. fuck than drag, and, right? And so dirty and stupid <laughs> and silly. And Bruce Bruce Coleman, you know, wrote, wrote directed, directed yeah. did the set. 
It was crazy. And I feel in some instances I've been like his muse. It's like he just wants to throw costumes and makeup on me. And yeah. See what I do, well, and then which, Jeffrey which I and I did the same thing last year. Like, I don't know, let's make Paul play like four different things and all of them will be crazy. And then he'll <laughs> sing and dance. Um, but I was wondering, so like... Yeah, it was ba- crazy. Based on that, was there a physical thing that you sort of... A physical approach you wanted to give to Pinhead uh, to... I, yeah. I mean, the makeup does a lot of the work, obviously, yeah. but like, there's still a physical presence that you there's have a, in the film. He, he's regal. He's regal, especially. I mean, it, the cost that neck piece. Yeah. The first day we shot, I noticed that. they had never fit it to me. And the first day we shot, which was not the big scene at the end, um, but I think it might have been, and not the scene in the maybe it was the scene in the office where I taste the flesh as well oh, <laughs> but yes. but but it was too high and i had no cho- it hurt because i had to position myself so the costume kind of dictated my walk okay i had to position myself so i didn't have a double chin i had to be up and forward so i had to i had to be like oh this the gosh. whole time that's why there's so such minimal movement, movement okay is you can't just you can't just go forward because that's going to roll. And you, you have to be, mm, you know. Because yeah. the guy who played Pinhead before, he's not hes not fat at all. I mean, he's actually very thin, but he's got a wide jaw. He's got a huge jaw. Mm-hmm. So with the makeup on, people make fun of him and see he's, say he's chubby Pinhead. And I'm like, he's not chubby at all. But he didn't even... Them a tight neck thing, you know, right? At all. Right. So, um, also, people are that, terrible. That yeah, did, yeah. People are terrible. You know, it's like chubby pinhead. He's fucking pinhead. Yeah, He's pinhead. I know. What are you doing? He got Sitting the part. Cheetos and drinking coke. Watching yeah. the horror movie. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to. It's easy to pick people apart. Um, well, that's oh, cool. I, and well, yeah. that comes off the sort of regalness of yeah. it. He's a priest. Yeah, he's, he's a priest, which is actually Clive mm-hmm. Barker. Never appreciated the name Pinhead. You call him Hell Hell Priest. Hell Priest. Yeah. yeah. But Pinhead kind of just. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Lead Cenobite is what he was called in the first movie, right? Lead Cenobite. Pinhead came from the crew, right? Calling him Pinhead. Pinhead. And so now, term. in the in the script though, he is now Pinhead. He's Pinhead, just so you know who he is. But nobody ever calls him Pinhead. Right. Although in the book, The Scarlet Gospels, which which is like the death of Pinhead that Clyde Barker wrote a few years ago. And mm-hmm. it's I recommend the book. I think it's fascinating. But Pinhead doesn't want to be Pinhead anymore. So he he wants to be destroyed. And and so he, he the only way for him to do that is to go to hell, yeah. go through all the portal, all the different levels. And Clyde Barker introduces all the different right. factions yeah. and Cenobites yeah. and destroy all the other demons so that his punishment is that he's destroyed. It's pretty crazy. But it's introduced that the that the people who are after who are the humans who mm-hmm. who are also after Pinhead, I don't remember the exact plot. They're like, don't call him Pinhead. <laughs> so it's actually in the book that yeah. that he's he been called that. Pinhead for years, but he will destroy you if you call him. <laughs> really cool. There's yeah. another little piece of trivia about it. It's you know, it's the original Pinhead is based on a novella that Clive Barker wrote, of course, called uh, "The Hellbound Heart." Mm-hmm. Yes, and um, 
That's mm. what the first script, the first movie was going to be called, but the studios thought, oh, it sounds too much like a romance Man, or blah, yeah. blah, blah. Mm-hmm, blah. Mm-hmm. So they asked him, what do you, let's change the name. And he, Barker, offered sadomasochists from beyond the grave. Yeah, I love that. And the studio oh, that's going to sell yeah, tickets. The studio was like, uh, that sounds like a porn or whatever. So then they opened it up to the production team, right? Mm. And there was, of course, like there always is, there was like a bitter six. 60-year-old woman on the crew. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know what she was doing. But, you know, she was this bitter old lady. She was running shit is what she, she was, was running doing, shit. She had been making movies forever. Yeah. And they opened it up. And her suggestion was, what women will do for a good fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't go with that one. They they. No. Weird. It's weird, weird that they but were Hellraiser. Did, <laughs> it did put the focus on on uh, the character of, of, of Claire, um, Higgins. Claire Higgins. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is good. Who apparently... Uh, has never seen the the whole movie. Really? Yeah, she doesn't like it horror. Her. It upsets her, and so when she went to the premiere, and she did the second one. Yeah, and she she went to the premiere and sat through the first ten minutes, and, and then, then left, and then left because it was too gory, and apparently she's never ever seen the whole film, which wow. is sad because like that's one of the things that Clive Barker wanted was he didn't want horror movie actors. Yeah, he was one of really wanted. she's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. he wanted like real. Actors, mm-hmm. and the original idea Just, was to hire was to cast stuntmen as the Cenobites, of course, and because they would be cheaper or whatever. Oh. And uh, Clive Barker said, "No, I want real actors because a real actor, even though they're constricted in their movement with makeup and costume, yeah. will still convey emotion through uh, yes. body language." Yes, yes. So and, that's yeah. and he knew some fantastic actors. Oh, yeah, For example, Doug Bradley. I mean, yeah, they grew up did. together. Yeah, so, and who's a was famous and, stage actor in yeah. in England before yeah. he was ever pinhead. Mm-hmm. Speaking of actors, I I I am assuming you probably didn't get to meet just watching the movie and realizing who's filming what and whatnot. But Heather Langenkamp is is in Hellraiser Judgment. Yeah, and I I'm guessing you probably did not get. To, did you get to meet? Not her? on the set. Okay, but you have met her since. I met her at Texas Frightmare that same year. Oh, cool. Andy Allen, our mutual friend, Andy Allen was like Paul. You're pinhead now. You're going to be going to conventions. Come with me to Texas Frightmare. Wow. And Heather Langenkamp was there. And uh-huh. I had my little pinhead card that I'd made. Because I wasn't a guest. So I went, you know, as a participant. Because this is before the movie is was out? It had been shot, but it wasn't out. Okay, so people um, are like, who's Paul Taylor? It wasn't a secret that it was Hellraiser. Because Heather Langenkamp was actually the one who let it slip in an interview. Well, oh, she's wow. allowed to do I'm in the next Hellraiser movie. She's Nancy, y'all. She can do whatever she wants. She can do whatever she wants. Was uh, I met her there. Oh, cool. At, at the yeah, I just said hi. I'm the pinhead, and she's like she's gesturing around the around the room, and she has this long line of people yeah. who want to write it. She like, gestures around the room, going, "Welcome to your new life." <laughs> yes, I like it. That's, yes, I, I was. I didn't. I guess I had not. I mean, I had seen her name connected to right. it, and it's mm-hmm. I it's almost a sort of extended cameo. I mean, right. I don't want to pretend. It really like, is. Yeah, yeah. But it's cool. But it's still her. Yeah, you know? man. Like it's really great. You know. Yeah. And speaking of like Frightmare and all that stuff, you know, you know my daughter. My daughter is also a huge horror fan yeah, and like I adores you. And and, I adore and her. when she found out that you were Pinhead, I think she just like her head just about exploded. exploded. Yeah. <laughs> and she wanted to tell everybody because she's a, a, a Frightmare regular, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So she's met yeah, Tom Savini and she's met all kinds of like people. And you know, when she found out that you were going to be Pinhead and you were going to be at Frightmare, she just she felt like a celebrity. She felt like, I 
I know Pinhead, and I'm going to go in there, and he's going to know who I am. And she did freaky cosplay all three days when we come oh, up yeah. to my table. She, yeah, oh, she's like, serious fantastic. about it. She's serious oh, she's about so it. She's so good. Um, yeah. She, yeah. Well, so now that, that you are, this has, as Ms. Langenkamp said, welcome to your life. Welcome to your new life. How has that experience been for you, going to the cons and meeting fans, and is it... I assume it's fun and cool. I don't know. It I mean, really is. You know, it's it's like, you know, you can, you're theater people. You'll know what I'm talking about. Remember when you discovered theater? Mm-hmm. Sure. It was like, these are my people. people. Yeah. This is my church. <laughs> All are welcome. <laughs> there, that's, that, it was, it's like that, except it's different. Because, well, you know, like with any group of people mm-hmm. in the arts or in any business. Right. It's like you have your good energy and you have your bad energy. Right. Sure. So, you know, there's the ones you actually do love and the ones you're like, oh my God, why, are, why, are they, <laughs> yeah. why did they let him yeah. in? Why are they in plays? Right. Uh, what is their... Anyway, I hate everything about this. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. And, um, but, but with the... But with the conventions, it's kind of like truly freaks and geeks. Truly... All are welcome. And most of these people, I guess, have like regular jobs. And what they do is they save their money to go to conventions Mm -hmm. to cosplay or not, to buy autographs and just get their freak on. And it's so full of love. That's awesome. Now, I'm sure when there's the high, huge dollar conventions... There's, I mean, there's some greed going on, definitely, and there's going to be some some negativity from somewhere. But I haven't gotten any of that. That's really yeah. great. Because if they're coming up to my table, obviously they already know about how. Well, most of them already know about Hellraiser. They know about Doug Bradley. They know that I'm not the new Pinhead. I mean, they are. I'm the new Pinhead. Right. Hello. <laughs> and um, so they're coming. They're intentionally coming up to my table to give me. Their positive energy about it. That's and awesome. And because they want to talk to me. And this last this last Texas Frightmare, since the movie had come out, mm-hmm. and Doug Bradley was there with those other three original Cinebites and Clyde Barker. Wow. Um, and oh I got to meet God. him, which was like mine. Like, I hung out with all of them. It was... Well, I didn't hang out with Clyde Barker. Yeah. No, but um, you met him. But I got him. to meet him. Yeah. Yes. I feel like Clyde Barker doesn't... He just doesn't yeah, hang out. Yeah, I feel out. like he, he, yeah, <laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's he has just... people up to his room. <laughs> right. You know. Right. Um, but it was... I think that gave it even more of an energy where people were intentionally coming up to my, to my table and, you know, the movie shot... And then two years later, it came out. Right, right. And if the Weinstein scandal hadn't happened, I don't know if it would have ever come out. I don't know. The pro- the thing is, they needed money, so they was, they were <laughs> right. releasing everything. So, um, what I was worried about for two years was that the fans who were hardcore Doug Bradley is the only pinhead types were going to hate it, right? And hate it even more once they saw it, if they even deigned to see it. But I got so much of the, you know, I was really worried about this, but. Thank you so much for giving us a pinhead that can be pinhead, and we, you know, we welcome you, and we want to see that's you in another so movie. Cool. Yeah, that's, I was worried about that for two years. I, so. I, I, I mean, I, I get it. I can't. I have nothing that I can experience <laughs> no, that is similar to that. Either. But I mean, we, we all know, and like how rabid specific fan bases can oh, be. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whether it's it's a specific horror movie or, or I mean, comics. Comics or, or... I mean, I've seen what the, some people have done publicly to the new Star Wars cast and you're like, oh my God. And yeah. they can get so angry and cruel yeah. online because nobody can see them. Right. They're not having real conversations with anyone. They're just... 
being spitting out their bitchy. poison. Yeah, and they forget that these they are. They call it like drive-by commenting because yeah. they don't have. They do a lot of damage, and they mm-hmm. don't have to stop and actually see a person's face. Yeah, you know when yeah. they're doing that. And they, I, yeah. I mean, often I really think that they ignore or forget or aren't don't acknowledge that it's like that's an actual human being who played that part right yes, she and, has a mom and yeah. you know like right <laughs> like, and, and, and an actor yeah. I mean right. how many actors are there in the world well right. there's a whole lot yeah and any I'm sorry but anybody can be replaced sure street can be replaced it's true it's just Anyone can be replaced. What we do is, I really believe this, what we do is an honor and a privilege, Mm -hmm. you know? Yes. And especially because we can be replaced. So the fact that out of all the actors in the world that auditioned, that you were chosen to play Pinhead Mm -hmm. by the person who was chosen to remake the film, that says something, you know? And then the fact that the fans loved it. Yeah, that's great. You know, That's th- super great. Thirty-five years in the business, yeah. And something yeah. like that happens. You that wow. you don't expect. You're like straight up you know? Olympia Dukakis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. and I've seen like just from uh, yeah, because we're friends on social media and, right. and the whatnot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I've seen like you'll get fan art, right? Mm-hmm. What is it's what, a really cool? What's fan like the art. first time someone's like, "Hey, Paul, I, I drew this for you." <laughs> well, some of the earlier <laughs> stuff was just like you know. Like a twelve-year-old going and drew pinhead for you, which is beautiful. Yeah, I'm just taking a photo up and send it to me on on the Facebook fan page or whatever. That's great. But when I go to a convention and somebody has done like like Texas Frightmare, there's this guy, uh, D- Dale Carroll. He's fantastically talented. I met him at San Antonio a couple years ago at, a, at another convention, and he said, "I'm going to do uh, one of you." And also Felix Matos, who's another artist who I met. When I first went to Texas Frightmare, you know, with Andy three years ago, or whatever, however many years ago it was, he said, I'm going to do your pinhead after the movie comes out because I do look a little different. And if mm-hmm. you look yeah. at it, you oh, can yeah. tell it's me and not Doug Bradley. Right. Yeah. Um, and some of this art is just so brilliant. And it's, and Dale sold, he, he did these posters, he did two posters of me. Sold a bunch of them at Texas Frightmare, and then just recently at another convention, I think it was Corpus Christi, I'm not sure where it was, but um, uh, he he sold out of them. He sold out of both. And wow. it's like, oh my, I don't know how many he had to start with. Hey, but it doesn't matter. It's sold out. It feels, sold it feels out. so good. It feels yeah. so good. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Um, People just presenting me with art at conventions going, this is for you. That's, I, Thank yeah. you. I, can't, I, I mean, I've been on the other side. I have waited in... An incredibly long line to meet David Tennant because I'm a yeah. Doctor Who nerd. Yes, he's great. But I mean, I, I can't imagine that. That's awesome. I have one more sort of just straight up goofy acting question, if you don't mind. <laughs> Knowing you, I hope this doesn't ruin your street cred. Uh, in real life, you're super nice. You're one of the sweetest you're one of the people nicest, I know. Yeah. Um, probably too sweet sometimes. It, but, oh. Is there... Is it, do you, to go to, you know, play sort of a darker, Uh evil, whatever Mm -hmm. word you want to use, is there an emotional thing you have to go to, or is it simply like a technique, this is how I'm going to hold myself, this is my voice, these are the things I'm going to do? Do you mean at the convention? No, I mean when you're shooting, sorry, when you were like shooting the film and actually playing it, going from Mm -hmm. Super Nice Paul... Who's well, super rugged as well, though. I mean, yeah. rugged. Yeah. Yes, yes, I'm she, manly man. Rugged sort of handsome. tap into like, which is, I mean, there are some really, you specifically have some really kind of dark 
fucking moments in this, especially yeah, when dealing... It's Pinhead. Yeah. Pinhead, and, yeah. he, and in this particular script, he really is in a darker like, place. Especially when dealing with the angel towards the end, where you're yeah. very much like, fuck it, no fuck one can you. touch me. And Yeah, yeah, how dare you come so, right. here talk to me about suffering. Like, right. I've right. been like this, do you know how long I've, I've been like this? Although I enjoy it, do you know how long I've <laughs> been in pain? But um, I had... Um, hepatitis C many years ago. Okay. And I had it for many years. And it was about the time that I started working at, at Dallas Theater Center. It was during rehearsals for... Um, I, ju- I just knew that I'd had it for many years and I'd stopped drinking. So I finally got cast at Theater Center in like the Superman musical and then right. after that... In, in, Which you in, were great in, in by well, the thank way. Thank you. That was so fun. <laughs> playing, a, playing a villain. Yes. Playing a over-the-top super villain. Um, with a heart, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Who was redeemed? Okay, that's okay. That's yeah, good, good. good casting. Um, and then I got to do our signal bass. But for during rehearsals and and performances, of both of those shows, I would just have to lie down. I would just have to just I just had, didn't have the energy. I didn't enjoy it as much as a healthy person would because mm-hmm. I was just really really sick. So then I got. It was during our signal bass. I went back to my hepatologist who had originally said seven years before, there's only a 40% chance of this treatment working. And if it doesn't work, it'll come back worse. So we didn't do it. Oh. But I felt fine at the time. So I went on. So this time it was it was the same year that Osama bin Laden, it was the same week that Osama bin Laden was killed. I went back to her and I said, you got to help me because I'm, I have pills. I will take them. I, I can't live right. like this. And, um, and she offered me a drug trial that this new drug was on its way to the FDA already. It had uh-huh. already cured people and uh, 90% success rate. And Baylor paid me to take the medication and it cured me. And then I got my life back, which was not something I expected to do. But it, that's it's a happy story because, you know, right. obviously I'm I'm good now and I feel good and I've got my whole life in front of me. Well, what's left of it? <laughs> Plenty. But that's what I drew on when I was preparing for Pinhead because based on the script... Where he, where he starts, I mean, it's just such a dark place anyway. And I knew that I had to have no fear. I had, and, right. and I have some fear. I grew up in fear. I sure. Grew, it was the way I was raised. Fear, anxiety. I had all that stuff that it just had to go away. So I did spend a lot of time in the dark, alone, in my dark house in, in, <laughs> in South Dallas. Just being, just, it was just getting there and using my own despair mm-hmm. and drawing on what that despair had been. So that when I was playing Pinhead, I just sort of, I just sort of lived there, and it wasn't, you know, because there's in this particular script there is a there there's a boredom, there's there's a, like okay this puzzle box isn't working like it used to we got it we're, we're you know we're becoming obsolete what are we gonna do right um, and. You know, and you see the scenes of Pinhead right. on the throne, just like with it, because you never, you never, never, never seen that in any other no. covers or no. movie. No, no, no. And um, so then, when that angel comes down, it's just like, oh man, thank you, <laughs> something new, <laughs> yeah. Forgive it, you know, I, because you know, right? Uh, yeah. So that's kind of 
that's how I got there. And I think I've used that in other stuff too. Uh -huh. Like when we were doing Mr. Burns at Stage West, yeah. it was the same thing. It was like, I can go now. I'm kind of grateful that I have that disease because now I can go to that place and I really know what that feels yeah. like. But then if, you can also step away from you can it. Step, yeah. we do. I mean, man, as actors, we're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, no, this is great. I'll use this. Like some <laughs> yeah. tragedy happens. I don't, I don't want to make light of it, but it's true. Yeah. It's, you know, I when... I've lost family members in really mm -hmm. strange circumstances and and you know when you get over it or when you when you never get over it but you know once you have some time from it mm -hmm. you know it becomes part of of who you are and yeah. how you exist and you mm -hmm. read certain roles or certain plays or whatever and you go I know exactly what that is you can draw I know on exactly it. what that is yeah. so so then okay cuz sometimes that's hard shit I mean, that's hard yeah. fucking shit to do yeah. and having to go to that place, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. was there anything that you did like after shooting that, that to kind of like, all right, I'm going to let go of Pinhead right now. And I'll be Paul. Yeah. And did you go I, like, I don't know. Did you go to like a strip joint? <laughs> dance and... I don't think I wanted to let go. Of <laughs> I was only on separate, you know, it's been, yeah. the movie comes out 30 years before and I see it in a movie theater in 1987 and it like, it's like, oh my God. I was going to ask you about that oh in a little God. bit. Yeah. And then, and so I was only on set for three days in the makeup. Right. So it went so, so fast. fast. Yeah. And the way the movie ends, it was just so sort of depressing to me. It's like, what does this mean right. to my pinhead? Right. Although I was, the producer I, did say some wonderful things um, when we were having drinks one night after the shoot. And so that made me feel like, no, it's not. It's not the death of... I kind of, I felt like it right. was like almost like uh, an, uh, I think a, a new beginning. You know, yeah, I love origin yeah. stories. And for me, that's like a great, a great origin story. It's a, it's a great place. way to like, like re-rack yeah. and go forward. We'll say exactly yeah. what happened in case yeah, we won't we'll say ruin it. the we end need to go the see it. But um, yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. And, but I, and in these kind of films, these kind of storylines that have years and years and years, like you said, eight in eighty-seven, the first Hellraiser came yeah. out, and there have been you know lots of films that followed it about this universe. You know, this stuff is never. I, I have a feeling it's like people are going to find a way, yeah, to make to it move keep going because it is so and to beloved. move forward. Yeah, and, and it, uh, yeah, I did. It felt mm -hmm. like at the end. Um, again, trying not to give too much away, but it it almost was like, hey, we've done so much over. However, I mean, I was—I think I was 11 the first time I saw it. So it's, it's, it was a while ago. <laughs> this actually could be a new, uh -huh. actually a, somewhat of a new story, a new direction. Yeah. Which, well, yeah. I thought it was exciting. And it could feature this new faction that's been introduced yeah. with the auditor. Right. That whole thing, because obviously that still goes on at right. the end right. of the movie. And introduce a whole new idea of where they can go with, yeah. with, with the position of the hell priest. And yeah. And who is the hell priest now? What happens to yeah? Which is cool. I have some ideas. I have some plot ideas. <laughs> that of me. Lots of face. A lot of yeah. It's a monologue. It's a two-hour monologue. It's, two monologue. it's just pinhead. It's just a priest on camera, um, like close-up shot. Yep. Yep. And and he sings. And he sings. And he sings the musical. Hell we might have mentioned musical. it, but like a lot of people might not know, horror fits. Paul has an amazing singing voice. Singing oh, voice. Thanks, man. I saw That's the true. man do a twenty-minute, oh basically one-person Edgar Allan Poe story set to music. That was hard. Is 
That was amazing. Uh, the An fact amazing that piece you of music. were able to breathe at the end of it is is amazing. I remember watching it was like, I don't know how he's fucking doing this. I think it's how I stay alive is that kind of stuff. Yeah. That, that physically stuff, like, at a certain age, you're just like, I have to do what? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. But you just do it. You just do it. And, and it's, it's like kind of like, I don't, like know, okay, I don't know how that, that happened. This may be good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you need to slow down. Maybe, maybe you're not that young. Slowing slowing down. Down. Yeah, a few years ago, I was in a musical, and and it was a, it was a three hour ass beating. You know, five, five times a weekend, hot. four times during. That sounds hot. I wish it was hot. It wasn't that kind of ass beating? It was the other kind of ass beating. But I, you know, I was already in my you know later forties, and that's yeah. not old. But no, it's not. But to do a three-hour musical, doing a three-hour musical is, twice a day, you sure as fuck do feel old. And it's like, man, what the fuck am I doing doing this yeah. here, up in this piece? <laughs> um, it's like yeah. that's what people want me to do. So that's what I did. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Um, mm. Well, Chrissy, it's a. I mean, obviously, you you are a horror fan. Were there uh, just like growing? I mean, this is detour, I guess. But uh, stuff that stuck with you from when you were. A kid or so, when you were younger? Yeah, we talked about movies that we saw when we were really young. Yeah. So that not things, you can talk about whatever you want, mm-hmm. but like we talked about stuff that isn't obvious, you know, like if you're a horror fan, you love The Shining. If you're a mm-hmm. horror fan, mm-hmm. you love The Exorcist. Right. Uh, those are my, yeah. Right. They're classics. But something that you saw Probably. when you were young that, that turns you into a horror fan. Because well, you know, us horror fans were different. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that... This one turned me into a horror fan. Maybe on in hindsight it did. Mm-hmm. I think it just terrorized me. Was um, I, I was alone on a Saturday night. My family was all doing whatever they were doing on the Saturday <laughs> always, night. It's always, always it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna watch this. And thing. I was what twelve. I don't know how old I was. Trilogy of Terror came on. Oh, oh shit! Oh my gosh! gosh. Yes. Yes. Ann Curtis, Karen yes. Black, yes, and a little Zuni fetish doll. The Zuni fetish just doll just scared the shit out of me. Fuck out! Oh my god, that's the first horror movie I ever saw. And then my parents, and it seems like my family, except me, I don't know why, got to go. They went to see uh, the they. Mm. What is it? They went to see The Omen? Yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. get to go. But I saw it later. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah that was a huge our first episode. That's yeah. a huge one for us. We're yeah. both so good. Yeah. That couldn't see The Exorcist, but I read the book. Oh, wow. I didn't That's... see The Exorcist till I was in um, in college. I didn't get to see it till then. That's but it's probably that's probably for the best. My parents were, yeah. you know, they they, you know, I had these kids coming up to me. They're not to me, they're kids, but these kids coming up to me at the conventions and and they're like, yeah, I first saw Hellraiser when I was five. <laughs> what did that do to you? <laughs> Nothing. Tattoos and piercings, and I cut myself. Yeah. You know, it's like really, really is is that good parenting? You know, I so, don't like, know. I, it depends I, I, on we, the we individual talk, child. Yeah. We talked about this, yeah, yeah last what they week. Can you know, my kids. Uh, I was telling Mike that they did. My kids did grow up watching horror movies because I'm a horror fan. Yeah. But I never just put them in front of the TV and said, "Here, watch a this horror is movie." The, yeah. No. This is the world. No. no. It was good. I. We're going to watch it, and if you have questions, ask me. And that's not the only thing that they watch. Right. Well, of course not, because you you're know, a cultured being. You're not they were, <laughs> But, you know, when they were little, <laughs> when they were little, 
Buffy was in its heyday, right? Mm-hmm. Buffy the Vampire mm-hmm. Slayer. And so mm-hmm. that was one of our favorite TV shows as a family. But it was horror for TV of right. a certain decade. Exactly. So it was yeah. safer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I watched it with them. It's still scary and fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was super great. Yeah, super, super great. great. But yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know. Uh, if, yeah, I, I... Oh, I remember... Just getting this soundtrack to The Exorcist, tubular, oh, tubular bells. Yeah. We just talked about that last and, week. Yeah, <laughs> it's you know, side one. Obviously, it's great. It's da 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 da. da. It's the original. It's it's what you hear mm-hmm. in the movie. Side two suddenly has some demon talking, <laughs> talking to you, yeah. and then he starts howling. <laughs> and Jesus. I'm on my and I'm just listening to it in my bedroom on my little phonograph player, and I was on my bed. And that, that, the harsh, harsh, I recorded that. And I jump I off the bed <laughs> and I look under the bed and I run out the room. It's just like, oh my God, I'm going to pee so in my pants. That is so fantastic. I still buy horror movie uh, soundtracks, though. I love it. I love yeah. horror movie soundtracks. And the ones that are good, I mean, oh, yeah. even some of the new right. stuff. And yeah. How Recently, oh yeah. yeah. No, that oh, soundtrack's great. The, re- the most recent one that I bought and that I really love is the one for The Witch, actually. Yeah, great. And, you <sighs> so know, great. on the way back from Michael's house coming to my house, we have to drive through, we used to have to drive through White Rock Lake, mm-hmm. but there's that weird little side yeah. that weird little side street like that no you go light. under there's no light and you're Ooh. driving through light so I would love to drive back from Michael's house uh, put on the witch and, and take that side street and uh, John didn't really appreciate yeah, I bet. it but I was like it's <laughs> we're doing midnight this. and we're gonna do this oh that sounds fun yeah. I love stuff like that I do uh, too I do too yeah Paul, I want to make sure, because you know, is there anything else you're working on that you want to talk about? I yeah, to make yeah sure there's we some, hit that. there's some stuff coming up. I mean, that I, you're allowed to talk about. Yeah, I, I know we always act like we're in the CIA. Like. I can talk about. I think any of it. Okay, because it's it's all probably low budget and and kind of like just small films, great. which is great. But they're all horror related, which awesome. you know that's what I'm mm-hmm. going to be offered now, which is. Okay, that's, that's so fine. Fantastic. We're working yeah. on one that we really want you to be in, but we'll okay, talk about that okay. later. <laughs> okay. I was just actually today uh, shooting a, a promo trail, a teaser, because to raise money sure. for a thing called the Torturer, okay. which um, is being done locally. And it was uh, oh, I always forget the guy's name. Um, the it's 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 well, it's, <laughs> it's based on a uh, a short story that. Uh-huh. Was. <laughs> Paul's looking through all his bags yeah. trying to find this information. Here. Oh, here we go. There it is. Um, yeah, Excellent. it's called The Torture, and it's written by Paul Kane. He is a, he's kind of like a ghostwriter for Clyde Barker, or or he takes Clyde Barker stuff. I mean, he's related to Clyde Barker in a way, okay. which is great. Um, and so it's a short story. It's a cast of, I don't know, two or three people, and that's all. Oh, cool. But I'm playing cool. the tortured in that. Okay. And that's that's a short film that, that this guy actually wrote. That's awesome. That's great. And that's Paul filming Kane. around town? Paul Kane. Um, yeah, it's going to film in Dallas. Okay. And um, directed by Joe Manko, who's a dear friend of mine. Uh, we met through a Hellraiser screening. And anyway, it's really fun. So I'm working on that. And then there's there's this... Going to be doing a remake of Ghost House, which is, um, are you serious? Really? What? Yeah, you know yes. the Italian. Yes. yeah, it's a classic, and it's really terrible, but it's fun. Oh hell yeah! yeah. Hell With the yes. Grim Reaper and yes. The, yes. Oh my gosh! I'm going to be playing the, the Reaper in that. Oh my gosh, yeah. Paul Taylor! I know, I know. Uh, it's going to shoot in L.A. Dustin Ferguson 
who shoots a million movies. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just like the man won't stop. That's awesome. And, and he's and he's uh, he asked me to play the Grim Reaper. He, they've rewritten done the script so that the Grim Reaper has some lines uh-huh. rather than just being silent. And he has more of a more of an active role. There's not now. I think there's not um, an old. You know, the crazy old man. Yeah, the, yeah. The, that character's not. I don't think is in it anymore. A character like that is going to be in it, which is a great right. character. But, cool. Um, so I get to do that. When do you start shooting that? I don't know when. Just one of them. Um, yeah. it's, it, it's been pushed a little bit. It was going to be summer. It, now, it might now be um, fall. I'm not sure. But it's going to happen. Because Dustin doesn't stop. And uh, and then at Frightmare, this, uh, I'm, this guy came to my table and he's like, so I've gotten the rights to do... Um, Uncle Otto's Truck, which is a short story by Stephen King. Yeah. In the, yeah. I don't remember which collection, which one at Night Shift, I think, maybe is the book that it's in. It's a very short story, but it's a crazy, it's a Descent into Madness story. Yeah. Cool. And he wants me to play Uncle Otto. Oh, I'm fantastic. Like, oh my God. The guy stands by the highway and like curses the truck that's in the highway because he's sure it's going to come and eat him. And it's just, insanity so that's going to be so much fun and I'm just going to be a crazy old man who's just got lots of money and nobody knows where it is and he doesn't <laughs> bathe and he pees his pants that's the so bad that's the dream it, it's to have dream. lots of money and not bathe and pee in your pants yeah <laughs> That's my it's dream. It's my dream yeah. role. Yeah. So we have a torture or a ghost house, Uncle Otto Man, you're a busy man. Yeah. I know. And it's, and it's, uh, are you still going to be able to, I'm not forgetting anything. There's still a couple plays I've got. You're still going to be able to do some be, theater? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And going to conventions, I'm going to London in July to Ooh. London Film and Comic Con. I'm Very so nice. lucky. I'm so lucky. Well, well you, deserve happy. you deserve it. You deserve it, man. feel like Thank you deserve you. it. We're so Thank happy you. for you. And, uh, you know, everybody that I talk to in, in the Dallas community is like just so thrilled. proud and thrilled. It's so nice to to have this and to be, you know, and to and to realize how many people do actually love me and have yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes you just are like, I know, I'm just a theater actor. Like, yeah. Well, I'm hard. It's hard. It's, it's, hard. You know, older it's nice. Now. You're, it's hard. No, but, along with being a very nice good human being you're also a really talented guy so yeah. it's good to see like and even like you know the couple other people we know in the film Grace Monty who's a really great actor it's oh, nice to see them sweetheart getting, yeah. getting stuff yeah and, and Damon Carney who played the, the lead yeah he's, he's a local actor he yeah. runs oh. a restaurant in, in Arlington and it's he's a great guy too awesome. so sweet, nice super to nice s- and I thought he was fantastic yeah and it's, it's mm-hmm. awesome to see especially you know local yeah. Really talented local people getting yeah. getting the, the, the work. Or as Chris Fryhofer says, this is a great victory for the flyover actors. You yeah. know, because that's what they call us. Yeah. In LA and New it's York. True. It's sure. the flyover state. So, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I mean, we, uh, you guys, if you haven't seen Hellraiser, and if you're a horror fan and you haven't seen Hellraiser, any of them, shame on you. <laughs> uh, you really should, but you should catch Hellraiser Judgment. It's got our friend Paul Taylor in it. Uh, you should also, you know, catch some of uh, Clive Barker's other movies that he's famous yeah, for, Nightbreed, yeah. Candyman. Um, the dude's a genius in, yeah. in the horror genre, and he's an icon. And, um, yeah, what else, Mike? I That's it. I just want to say thanks again, Paul. This is really fun. It was my <laughs> yeah. pleasure. So much we fun to talk to you We hope you enjoyed the tacos. And, uh, I did. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for being here. Thank you. Yeah, and you're welcome. And, <laughs> yes. Thank you. Awesome. We'll see you next time. Bye.